Climate and Sustainability with Kevin James. And good afternoon to you once again, uh, Kevin James. Are you good? Uh, I'm very good, Ernest. Hope you're well too, my friend. I'm well, thanks, uh, Kevin. Now, the uh, fires uh, that are currently raging in the Cape, uh, South Peninsula to be exact, have obviously posed a serious threat to uh, inhabitants and uh, wildlife in that area. Uh, Please give us an update of the environmental impact, how long it will take for the uh, vegetation to get back to to where it was. Yeah, this is quite interesting. Let's take a look at the damage here for a second. It's been about... Uh, well, yesterday it was three to 4,000 hectares have been completely burned down to the soil. I live in the area, so I'm quite impacted by all of this. All the wildlife that were unable to escape have basically been wiped out. About five homes have been damaged, maybe more overnight last night because the wind picked up. And one firefighter was seriously injured, but actually from a gas explosion at one of the facilities. So what is the in- impact to the environment being? Well, Feinbos, the indigenous flora of the region, and where over 2,600 species of plants grow, and uh, this area, this Cape Floral region, 12th most biodiverse region in the world. Um, fire is actually the lifeblood of natural Feinbos vegetation, Ernest, and should be burnt really every 6 to 45 years in order to sustain its plant species optimally, with uh, many Feinbos species storing their fruit in fire-safe cones, only releasing these seeds after the fire actually occurs. But the fact is that fainbush should be naturally destroyed and should ge- regenerate about every 15 years, which is interesting because the, large, the last large fire of this nature, of this size, was actually in 2000, 15 years, 14, 15 years ago. Mm. It's basically nature's way of establishing a balance, balance so, which is... Um, to us, may seem cruel as the ones that perished, uh, the animals probably did suffer, but the strongest animals did have a chance to stay alive by escaping. And as the vegetation grows back, so will the animal population. These are mainly rodents and squirrels and tortoises, baboons. And the greatest threat, however, to mountain fanbos comes uh, from the 300 alien species that have been introduced into, into the peninsula by human beings, mostly large trees such as uh, eucalyptus, Port Jackson, Australian wattle. The problem is during fires, these produce about three. 300% more heat output than fainbush when burnt. And this effectively destroys the fainbush seeds, it changes the chemistry of the soil, and it gives a, it makes it very difficult for uh, the fainbush to re-germinate at the right temperature. So now taking longer for the fainbush to establish in those areas, we could see aliens spread, and uh, we could, because of the loss of ground cover, it will increase the risk of soil erosion, uh, landslides and avalanches once the winter rains come, and, and due to reduced vegetation that would ordinarily hold it all together. Uh, where there aren't aliens, things will start seeing regeneration, and this is going to be beautiful. Within six months and 18 months to two years' times, we will see a wonderland of spectacular blossoming flowers. So it should be really interesting to see what happens. But really a special word, Ernest, I have to say, Cape Town has really come together. The firefighters in the city of Cape Town, they have really been clinical in their execution of putting these fires out, and the mm. communities have really been unbelievable. So well done to Cape Town. No, certainly well done to the team there. Uh, moving on to uh, Brazil, I said Brazil's largest city Sao Paulo and the 20 million people who live there have exactly 60 days left before they run out of water. This sounds scary. Please tell us about how this happened but more specifically what are we in South Africa uh, to learn out of this as yesterday I was having a discussion about the impending uh, looming water crisis that we could be facing in the not so distant future. Well, this is uh, quite an unbelievable story, Ernest. Brazil is the fifth largest country by aerial population. It's home to one-eighth of all the fresh water 
on the planet, including the Amazon, which is the mightiest river in the world, as we know. But Brazil's most populous region, with Sao Paulo, its largest and richest city in that region, with 20 million inhabitants, is experiencing currently the worst drought in almost a century. And uh, add to this leaky water systems, bad infrastructure, they can't adequately serve all the people. And the water supply at the moment is at about seven below 7% of its capacity, and it leaves actually the whole city with only 60 days of water left for its dwellers. This has obviously ignited protests in the street, and this is obviously a big, big wake-up call for them against the government's poor planning. They haven't adequately prepared for all of this. The masses of having to endure rations. Listen to this. We were well, we only enduring uh, a load shedding out with electricity. Currently, more than half of each day, come, uh, everyone's going without water, and this is going to be increased only to, there's only going to be two days of water a week in the not-too-distant future. I'm talking about within the next couple of weeks. There just don't seem to be any short-term solutions either, Ernest, and there are suggestions that people actually need to flee the city in search of water for bathing and cleaning, and currently they're bringing in drinking water, but they can't do that for that entire massive population. So, question, how does something like this happen? I suppose massive urbanization over the 20th century saw really a growth in the metropolitan area and, uh, you know, to more than 20 million people. The drought combined with ever-increasing demand for water in a growing city made worse by environmental destruction, climate change, pollution, forests and wetlands near the city have been destroyed to make way for development and it's grown into one of the largest cities, and uh, they've removed an important source of water. The humidity has reduced because the Amazon deforestation has resulted in less rain across the country. So if we contextualize this closer to home, our infrastructure, as we know, like energy, is crumbling. They haven't maintained it. I have no doubt maintenance has been overlooked. So we should probably, and I've said it before, you know, take this trillion rand that they're earmarking for nuclear and spend it on our water infrastructure. At the end of the day, we need water to survive, not nuclear power. Ask the people of Sao Paulo. Hmm. All right, uh, some food for thought there, Kevin James. We'll leave you there. We'll chat again next Wednesday. Thanks so much, Ernest. Take care. All righty, that's our regular guest, Kevin James from GCX Africa, talking climate change and sustainability.